Ah, my hand! Far out! Whoa, okay, what, are you alright? Yeah, I just burned myself! Oh, gods, I feel so stupid! Why'd you burn yourself on? It's funny you should ask me that. Ha ha ha! Highly amusing. Uh, did you burn your brain, Walt? <laughs> Another fine joke. No, James, I burnt my hand on... the oven. Right. Sort of thought we were in, like, joke territory here, but it seems like you're actually just insane. Touch the oven, James. What? Touch it now. It's hot. Why? The atoms are vibrating very quickly, producing heat. Yeah, I know why it's hot. Why do you want me to touch it? You shall become... Burnt. Okay, again, you're just stating facts. So you admit it! The oven is too hot! I just set it to 80 and it's hot enough to burn you! The thermostat is broken, I mean you need to tell the real estate agent, I knew it, I knew it! You are a sad, strange little man. You have my pity. Farewell! <laughs>
stuff for us to make the podcast with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's going to open a lot of doors. And obviously, Walt and I have been working on this project for nearly four or five months now. Yeah, maybe yeah. close to six now. Nearly close to half a year. And yeah. we're already, you can tell, we're super passionate about it. We're taking all the right steps to get there. And if you like this content, we know there's quite a few of you out there now help us you can yeah. be a part of this incredible project that we're trying to put together the whole point of this podcast well you say it at the start of every episode is to help you have better games of commander yes so if you want to help us with that mission this is the way to do it yeah absolutely uh it's linked in the show notes but it's patreon.com.com dot com dot com it's patreon.com slash get commanded podcast and you can only access it if you're in brooklyn yeah. <laughs> <laughs> need a vpn yeah. we're also sponsored by no i'm not <laughs> We're not, we're not sponsored by anything else. If you ever hear us get sponsored by that company. (laughs) Speaking of internet coming from strange places. It was a good try and a good segue. (laughs) We have an incoming transmission. We sure do. From the deep depths of the galaxy, from the space commanders. It's time to get commanded. Your friend Cooper has left the path of light. He has stopped playing Magic the Gathering. Interrogate his reasons for leaving the game behind, and provide us with methods that will allow yourselves and others to avoid the horrors of burnout. Okay, they know our friends. They do. You know what? It's because we talked to him last episode. He's in the so, skit. That's so true. If, if anyone, yeah, if you heard the last skit and there was a third voice, that's, yes. that's actually Walt's real housemate. Yes, Cooper. Cooper Stubbs. Cooper Stubbs. Stubbsy, as St- he's more <laughs> yeah. colloquially We will known. definitely use those two names yeah. uh, interchangeably. They're the same person. <laughs> they are the same person. I am so sorry to Cooper that he's now um, aware, like... The space commanders are aware of him. Yeah, I'd be... If I was Stubbsy, I'd be a little scared yes. that those people have their eyes on him. We've That's... been locked in rooms by the space commanders yeah. before. I hope Cooper's not going to do the same. Um, yeah, so you'd know from the skit. Um, I suppose it probably makes the most sense. So so Cooper basically stopped playing Magic a little while ago. Yeah. Um, after we moved in together. At the time, we were like both playing a lot of Magic together. We moved in. He's my housemate. So it's your fault, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the only explanation. Um, but he's been away from Magic for a while. I thought mm. maybe... I could interview him and get sense. get like, you know, what happened basically to him and why he dropped magic in the hope that they specifically want us to talk about burnout. Yeah. I was thinking if I, if we can get like all the reasons why he dropped magic, why he's not doing it anymore and like why that happened, maybe, well, the space scanners want us to figure out why so that we can avoid it ourselves, right? This is almost perfect timing because I'm feeling a little bit of stress, which I might talk about after you've had a chat with Stubbsy, with Around Magic the Gathering, and I'm kind of really looking forward to hearing what went wrong for him. That way I can kind of implement some stuff to make sure I do enjoy this awesome game. So yeah, Mm. all right, well, why don't I disappear for a bit? Yeah. And we'll grab Stubbs and you can have a chat. Sounds good. Uh, It's not an interlude. There's going to be no cool cut. In a second, Cooper will be here and... Oh my god, Cooper! Yeah, what's up? It worked! Yeah, I didn't realise the Space Commanders were actually real. I thought you and James were just going insane. I mean, oh, they must have done it. I must click their fingers and the Space Commanders have teleported you in. Yeah, like I was playing Pokemon and then all of a sudden I'm in here and I was like, come on, man, I'll just, I built this awesome team. <laughs> I was gonna win. I've ruined, I've ruined your Pokemon yeah, grind. You've ruined my Pokemon I'm thing. so sorry. I'm so sorry to take you out of that. Um, no, now, fine. some of the super OGs 
may remember that I actually have interviewed you before for the Know Thine Enemy podcast, which is kind of like the precursor to Get Commanded. There were only like four episodes. Yeah. Um, I think interviewing you might have been my favourite one, actually, now I think about it. It We talked about like lore and like a bunch of other things. It was literally just an interview. If you ever want to know more about Cooper after you finish talking, uh, go back to there and check out the full interview. It's an old video. It's definitely the, uh, it's definitely my favourite episode that I've been a part of. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, uh, that's fair. Yeah. I respect that, actually. <laughs> uh, oh, great. So, um, Cooper, we've been living together for a year now. Yeah, I think it's just I think over it's like a year. Exactly a year. Is it? A, it's like a year today. Oh, I think maybe, since we yeah. signed the lease. That's wild. How funny. Wow. Um, so, when we obviously, we would met play Magic yeah. at, at Greensboro, um, hence the Greensboro Commander community, all that stuff. Um when did you actually start playing Magic? Because you, you obviously start, I only started in 2020. You started a long time before that, yeah. right? Um, I started back in 2011 and my first set was Scars of Mirrodin or Rise of the Eldrazi. Or it might have been the core set in between those two. Damn, that is a, a, a long time before yeah. when I started. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sick. Um, what formats of Magic did you play mostly? Uh, so back when I started, it was mainly, uh, I was a young kid, so it was literally like scrounge up 20 bucks for draft. Yeah. How old were you in 2011? You must've been like 11. <laughs> no, yeah. no way. Yeah, That's 11. wild. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was literally like my week's allowance was like, okay, cool. Dad gives me 20 bucks. I'm going to spend that all on draft. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, yeah. so no, no cool shoes for young Cooper. No, uh, no sweets from the from the lolly shop. It was all just nah, It was just um, magic candy. It was magic candy. I crack a valuable card. I sell it. I make profit. <laughs> Mum asks where I got the forty bucks from. I tell her, don't ask questions. <laughs> young capitalist that you were. Um, <laughs> what were your What were your favorite formats of Magic? Do you reckon? Um, my favorite, or, or maybe not necessarily twenty eleven, but like across the whole time you were playing. Oh, across the whole time I was playing, definitely draft always has a real spot in I my heart. Definitely in 2020 lost a lot of drafts to you, I vividly <laughs> Sorry. remember. Sorry. No, no. Um, Construct as well is really fun. Yep. I love cube to bits. Cube yep. is amazing. Yep. Um, I loved historic for a bit on Arena until alchemy kind of just inserted itself in and ruined the party like <laughs> every person who invites themselves to parties um yeah uh and then yeah i guess like this is a commander podcast so i did like commander a lot yep during uh my playtime. when did you pick it up originally like, when was the first time you played commander do you think um when was the i think it was c c15 with the Planeswalker decks, like the monocolor oh, Planeswalker decks. Oh, like Doretti and... Yeah. Was Aminatu in that one or was that later? That was later. Oh, so Teferi, Doretti... Teferi, Nahiri, Doretti. First time we saw Nahiri and Teferi as Planeswalkers. Oh, cool. Uh, Doretti, Obnix in his human form. Oh, wow. And um, Fraley's, which first time she got a card. Oh, sick. Yeah, so yeah. massive, uh, massive war characters and a couple of new ones like already yeah um but yeah that was sick and that came out ironically in 2014 because 
magic license. Oh yeah, it used to kind of be the set ahead. Yeah, I remember like I went and did the M twenty one draft, and that was in twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, no, super confusing. Yeah, super confusing. Um, I... so how long did you actually? So you played from twenty eleven. When do you have like an actual date that you basically stopped? playing magic like can you pinpoint it pretty closely uh there's a couple of times where i stopped playing the game in uh 2017 because i was in high school so i had like exams and stuff to oh, sure. focus on so yeah. it was a, a period from 2017 to like the end of 2018 where it's just like i can't really touch this game because sure. i've got exams to do yeah fair then picked it up in uh late 2018 early 2019 when exams are all done yep um, and yeah, that was at Good Games Greensboro, where the community was very, very small at the time. Yeah, but much bigger now. <laughs> yeah, much bigger. Still, like, the OGs are still playing, which are, which is cool. Yep. Um, I started really playing Commander in 2014 when I was borrowing someone's Nahiri deck, because they're like, oh, yeah, you should, you know, you should play. Yep. This is a fun format. Yeah. And then I got my own deck in 2015 when... The uh, experience counter pre cons were released. Oh, and that was Azuri, right? Azuri and Marin, which I still have to this day. Yeah, I lost a lot of games to those commander decks early in my um, my commander career. Sorry. No, <laughs> again, understandable. You were a better player at the time. Oops. Probably still are, honestly. Um, yeah, cool. And then, so when did it, like, when did you completely drop magic, like, finally, do you think? Uh, Can you pinpoint uh, to like a set or yeah. like, yeah? Which after, set was it? So after Kamigawa Neon Dynasty pre-release was when I just okay. fully dropped it. Just didn't really like have the passion to play it sure. anymore. I think that was like mid last year, right? Like June S- or something? Or start of last year. Start I think of last year. Like January or February Oh, or wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh, that's right. I think it was like almost exactly around the time that we moved in together. You stopped playing Magic. It was kind of funny because yeah. I met you playing Magic yeah, and then it's like, all right, I guess we just live, live in a house together now. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, Now, when you dropped it, was it like, was it sort of a sudden like, that's it, I'm done? Or could you find a feel that you were sort of because the, the word that the space commanders used was burnout right yeah did, did you sort of feel the burnout building over time or was it just a sudden like that's it i'm done or was it kind of both oh uh, it was a very very slow burn sure um i think it started around when it start started around i guess like the dungeons and dragons core set oh yeah uh, uh, uh adventures in the forgotten realms yeah yep. so yep. that that was kind of when i realized i had a lot more fun playing uh, other formats than um, than commander, you than mean? commander, yeah. yeah, sure. So like, I had a lot more fun playing standard, like the twenty twenty two standard without all the busted stuff. Yeah, like uh, Uro and other cards. Oh, that's right. They they had on Arena for a little while. You could play like the, basically the next standard, yeah. right? They were like, even though the the standard rotation hadn't happened, you could yeah. play like. I actually remember because I <laughs> I was at the time grinding um, limited. I just wanted to play like basically as many drafts as I could, but I kept running out of gems because I was bad at it. <laughs> um, yeah. So I asked Daniel, who we mentioned a few times on this podcast, is just like the resident amazing player at our store. Yeah. Um, I remember very many, very close games between you and Daniel back in the day, yeah. especially in Limited. 
But um, oh, yeah. but I basically was like to Daniel, hey, can you send me some standard lists that you're like doing well with on the ladder right now? Uh, um, just so I can like grind gems. The Daniel decks, <laughs> they're so good. Yeah. They're so mid-range in. They're so good. They just don't lose. Yeah, no, it was it was actually really, really fun. I, it's basically my only experience playing standard. I, I, it's never something I've done. I jumped immediately into Commander when I started playing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was a super cool time actually in standard, I remember. Yeah. Um, so you were enjoying that standard at the time. Um, you were obviously still enjoying limited, but you were starting to get a bit like sick of Commander specifically, do you think? Yeah, I was getting... I don't know what it was, but I feel like it just got way too oversaturated as a format right back then like oversaturated with new cards just new cards new like new content um i didn't really like the direction that it was heading sure and it's just like uh yeah i can't really explain it but i just wanted to stop talking about commander because it was so like people would say that like it's so opinionated right um and it was so hyperbolic that right like people like a new card comes out and someone's like either that someone's like oh it's busted it's amazing put it in every deck yeah. or it's like that card sucks you should never play yeah it. and my philosophy sure. is always like just play the cards you have fun with like totally that's, that's what commander to me always was just playing cards that you had fun with yeah i completely agree and it's like yeah it got to the point where because it's such a hyperbolic and anecdotal format yeah you don't really have like any proof or testing to go off rather than your own deck building and your own intuition yeah which just kind of like yeah i was i'm very much i guess when it came to magic i was very much more of like a competitive kind of player who sure. would just play commander to relax and then commander oh. to relax just like didn't happen so i'd sure. end up going back to the competitive formats like standard modern limited pauper yeah to actually relax which is kind of i guess not really the the way it should have been yeah no for sure that's yeah. that's interesting yeah I, I i see what you're coming from i think um yeah i think there's an interesting thing where i think people who play competitive formats who play commander treat it really differently to people who only play commander mm. because like just by virtue of the game being about winning like you know there is a winner in every commander game yeah. um, unless you're playing terrible cards that make you draw which you shouldn't do um <laughs> but like there's a winner do in it. every game <laughs> do it do not do it evil stubs is kicking in um you know there's a winner in every game and so if you're only playing commander you just kind of start to chase that win yeah um, but yeah it's interesting when i started playing pauper and sort of got my competitive itch out in pauper i started to treat commander really differently and it was the same when i started playing cdh which i know you you actually played quite a lot of cdh back in the day i remember yeah i think i was the first person at the store to actually build a proper cdh deck which like from the database no, just completely unintentionally. Oh, right. You just happened to, like, arrive yeah. at the, the synergized list. Yeah, what happened was, at the store, I was known for playing uh, Urza. Oh, Lord High Artificer. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. didn't I didn't build him with the intention of being CDH, and it just, like, well, you know the card. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it just kind of happens. It's way too good. It's uh, just way too good of a card. We've it, talked about that one before. <laughs> it went on a, like a five-month win streak, and then wow. it wasn't like it got beat for the first time, and I was just like, I've never felt this feeling before. <laughs> I must never let it happen again. <laughs> so you'd like optimize the list. Yeah, optimize it more. Force it of Will just... and like that kind of thing. Mind yeah. Crypt, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, um, yeah, it was it was a fun deck to play back in the day because sure. it had all this janky stuff like mere battle sphere and flickering it yep. to get more mere to tap for more mana yep. to hard cast enter the infinite 
Sure. Because that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. But. So for do do you think um do you think playing CDH kind of uh, reinvigorated some of that love for Commander to a certain extent, or did it prolong like you leaving? What do you think? CDH gave me a headache. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> not alone there yeah um. it, it was just like i think it got to the point where like because i was burnt out i wasn't really having fun with the game and then cdh giving me a headache because there was a lot more to keep track of in cdh than then normal in, like, competitive formats 1v1 formats yeah yeah because yeah, 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 there's sure. like four other play three other players you have to pay attention to rather than one yes and um yeah, like that just gave me a headache and I just felt exhausted after playing yep. a 10-minute CDH game, which that's how long they last. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a grindy 10 minutes, though. Yeah. Um, and sometimes a grindier, much, much longer uh, amount of time. Uh, now, I know one thing people talk about a lot in terms of, especially when they're talking about burnout these days, is mm. um, there's a lot of discourse around product overload. Yeah. Um, we hear this a lot. Um, I've seen, you know, charts where people show how many cards have been printed in the last year or the, the, the year before last and how it's so much more than every other card. Like, I think... I think the other day there it, we reached a point where there had been more cards printed since like 2020 than have been printed in all the years before that. Like so, yeah. there is like a quite quantifiable, massive increase in the amount of product that we're seeing from Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, um, it's talked about a lot. It's um, criticized a lot usually in the community. Was that something that you felt? When you were playing Commander, and do you think that contributed to you starting to get burnt out on Magic in general? Oh yeah, massively. Um, I came from an era of Magic where it was like, uh, when I started it was like, I think it was M11 or M12 and then Scars box. So it was literally Scars, wait three months for Besieged, and then from a lore perspective you had to wait three months before you realize if Mirrodin won or if Phyrexia won. Yeah, Until wow. someone leaked it, but um, <laughs> besides the point. So it was like, it was literally three months between sets. And yep. that was awesome because it let the meta settle. Yeah. It let every, like, it let everyone get familiar with the cards really quickly. Sure. Whereas, like, this is an interesting parallel because uh, Phyrexia is back. Mm. Uh, All Will Be One came out, like, two, three weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I think pre-release was about three weeks ago, yeah. And we're already getting spoilers for much uh, of the machines. Much of the machines, yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, uh, yeah. so just, like, definitely product fatigue caught me off guard. I think yeah. last year, one of the people who works at, worked at the store said that they had a Magic product releasing every month, and that's yeah. kind of... As a bit overwhelming. Totally. That really puts it in perspective, I think, especially when you when you came from that, like... Well, this is the other thing. You came from a time when not only was there only a set every three months, mm. but around that time that, um, that Magic was around, there was only one set of Commander decks per year. So, like, you know, for, yeah. for those who are pretty new to Magic you'll know that pretty much every set these days comes out with two to five commander decks. Yeah. That was not the case. It was only once a year they released commander product. Um, and also, uh, they were the, the regular standard sets were released in blocks. So, like, not only were you waiting three months for a set, but, like, each set was staying on a plane. So, each plane was getting about three sets was usually the block length at the time. Yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah, you're not only are you waiting three months for to find out what happens to the Phyrexians and Mirrodin, but then you're getting, like, another dose of, like, you're still in the same mechanics, the, st- the same feel. Like, the, the sort of consistency across the year would have been quite um, strong, Yeah, really. exactly. And it was pretty, like... It was pretty common for um, 
like sets to introduce mechanics at the start then have a middle set which didn't have as many cards but like just kind of improved on the mechanics and right. led into the last set of the block yeah which had like new mechanics that built off the second and first set but still right. retained the like the mechanics sure. from the whole block yeah um i think dragons of taki is a good example or like the khan's dragons fate reforged block is a good example because think... you had the you had the sieges which were in every oh yeah yeah, yeah monastery siege and yeah all those yeah. Those, those cards and yeah. it was always like khan's or dragons khan's or dragons yeah um but yeah it was it, it was pretty good uh and then you have like sets nowadays which are like i like how they're um they're one blocked because or like as many blocks as they need because uh back in the day i know journey into nyx got really got a lot of criticism because it was like it was a really bad set there was right. gate crash that was really bad it was yeah. just like why are you stretching these sets out when it could be smaller or like you oh. could find something new to do? So actually sometimes the block structure was like a negative where you're kind of like, okay, I'm ready to leave that plane behind. Yeah. I'm ready to leave this mechanics behind, see something new. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, actually, um, you got to wait six months yeah. uh, before that happens. Yeah, yeah okay. That it's makes like, sense. And like back in the day before they, um, before they started doing like, okay, we're going to go from three blocks to two block sets. Right. The original um, Battle for Zendikar was going to be Battle for Zendikar, Oath of the Gatewatch, and then Shadows over Innistrad, like immediately cut to Innistrad. Oh, with, like mid-block, yeah. Uh, at the end of the block, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. So, and then they're like, no, let's do BFZ Oath, yep. and then Shadows Eldritch Moon, which worked oh, a lot better. Oh, so like sort of two and two rather than the trying to cram it all into three. Yeah, yeah okay. And then you have missed opportunities like... Uh, a couple of years ago, Coldheim should have really been like two sets. Way too much stuff in that. Yeah, I think I heard from a lot of people that like they found pretty much everything in Coldheim really, really interesting, and then were like, "Well, yeah, even in Coldheim time, we were sort of in this kind of similar to now product release schedule where it was like, okay, Coldheim's done. T time for spoilers for the next set. Yeah, uh, I forget exactly what it was back then, but like, yeah, I think maybe it was Endicar Rising. Was that before or after Coldheim? Maybe it was before Coldheim. That was before. Just ah, before, okay. Yeah. And there was another set straight after that one and yeah it was like okay like we know you love Coldheim uh by Coldheim yeah strict yeah. saving time yeah yeah um, for sure yeah even like even before the massive uh like product fatigue of like 2022 and well 2023 now hit I started noticing a lot that they were printing a lot of legendary cards in a lot like sets after um the guilds of Ravnica um like War of the Spark storyline. Right. Like just a lot of legendary cards for the intention of being commanders. Yes. Um, that was never really like, that was kind of a new thing that um, we didn't really have. Sure. Because it was like, these notable war characters would get legendary cards. Sure. But not every, like, not every dual color uncommon would have to have a legendary right. or like a rare legendary or even like a mythic legendary or whatever. Sure. It would literally be like, okay, if there's a creature that, or like a character that has an important part in the story, mm -hmm. they would get a legendary. Right. And not just all these like random cards that are obviously built for commander, but chucked into a standard set. Yeah, we definitely see a lot more creatures printed as legendaries than probably is necessary for like lore reasons, I would yeah. say. Like, 
um, yeah, you, you definitely feel sometimes the push to, to have more of those cards. Yeah. Um, wh- what do you think it was? I, I, I mean, it's, it seems kind of obvious to say, but I'm kind of interested to hear your thoughts on it. What do you think it was about all those products coming out that contributed to you specifically feeling um, burnt out on Commander? Like, like what aspect of all these new cards coming out, like, you know, every month there's a set, what, what part of that then made Commander feel like it was too much and like you wanted to leave it alone? Um, so Commander used to be like when a new set came out, there would be one or two cards right. that would be like, okay, that would look good in this deck or this deck. Yeah. Uh, and then it, it got to the point where it's just like, these cards are obviously in here for Commander players. Right. So one or two cards became 10 or 12. And then right. 10 or 12 cards became like 20 to 25 cards. Sure. So you feel this sort of constant pressure to improve your decks. Like, yeah. oh, I just put this card in the deck and now I feel like there's a strictly better version that's just been printed. Yeah. yeah. And it's just outdated. I guess that's got to do with like power creep stuff as well. Sure. There's also the commander products, like the commander decks were really important grabs because they had cards printed specifically for commander. Yep. What? But because they were only once a year, you could easily, like, just get them when you can. Yeah. Now, because there's, like, multiple a year, every set seems to have two commander decks at the minimum. Yep. Uh, it just becomes a bit, like, hard to keep up. Sure. It's like, okay, I still need to get something from the Strixhaven Commander. Oh, mm. Adventures in Forgotten Realms come out. I need to get something from there. Right. Okay, now I need to get something from the Midnight Hunt stuff. It's sure. just like... I mean, yeah, like in a, in a funny sort of a way, it's it's almost worse than just a set coming out every month because there are Commander supplemental products. So it, it's actually more like two sets coming out a month. If you're a Commander player, yeah, um, that's sort of... If you, if you need to keep up with every single card, that's that's what you have to do, right? You have to see the spoiler season for the whole new standard set that comes out each month or yeah. whatever set comes out, you know, Time Spiral or whatever. Um, and you also need to see the, sub, the Commander decks and whatever new cards have been printed. Yeah, I see what you mean. That's that's a lot of cards if you want to feel like your decks are up to date. Yeah, and that's like, if you're skimming through spoiler season, that's about like um, two, three hundred cards that yeah. you're skimming through just to find like maybe five or six good ones that could really go in your Commander deck, depending yeah. on how many decks that you have. Right, yeah. Uh, and much of the Machines seems like it's going to be even more hectic with all these lore characters coming back mm. all the lore combination characters and i think it there's something like three four hundred cards in the set excluding the commander decks or something like that wow. don't don't quote me yeah i'm probably wrong <laughs> but um yeah just like it seems that set has a lot more cards than uh previous ones so it's just like you gotta look a bit more it's a long list that yeah. you're looking at yeah for sure um, what do you think you... Is there anything you miss about playing Magic? Um, I honestly miss deck building. Yeah? Deck building was super fun. Yeah. Uh, I miss, like, I miss playing, uh, the non-Commander formats. Yep. Uh, I also miss just, like, sitting at a table with a Commander deck, joking around, no salt at all, just, like, instead of doing the optimal play... Doing the fun play, rule of cool, and yep, all that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, it's like I think deck building is the one I missed the sure. most. I saw the Ataka World Render starter commander deck. Oh yeah, and then I'd like 
I looked at it and went, oh, I could build it like this, build it like this, build it like this. Yeah. And then I realized I haven't actually had that thought in about two, three years. Oh, wow. So are you saying there's a chance we might see uh, Cooper back playing Magic and back playing Commander again? Yeah, possibly. Like, Damn. It, I don't know. Something clicked. Um, Sweet. I mean, yeah. I, I'm happy to have you back. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> there's a lot of a uh, lot of commander decks sitting in the box that I haven't seen in a long time. I'd love to see again. Yeah, I think they're collecting dust, and they'd probably like to see the light of day too. Yeah, sick. Oh, well, they're not really seeing daylight. They're seeing like uh, LED store lights. But <laughs> I don't know. You get synthesis however you want. Um, Magic yeah. players don't see daylight. What's <laughs> daylight? What's daylight? Never heard of that. Um, thanks so much for, for chatting, Cooper. I reckon, I reckon it might be time. I know you've heard this through the wall in, in the next room. Mate, I hear the whole podcast through the wall. <laughs> That's, I, there's... I haven't listened to any of your podcasts because I don't need to. I just hear them through the wall <laughs> as they're recorded. As they're recorded. Well, then you'll know that it's about time for a thrifty interlude. Ooh. So we do have lots left to cover. We're going to get James back in the booth uh, and discuss some of the things we've just heard from Cooper about. Um, but before that, we do have to hear a little something about a new thrifty card. Um, Cooper, would you like to do the honours of, of reading the card I'll be featuring this week? Yes, because I remember when this was printed too oh damn 2020 or something when the world was made yeah uh dark dweller oracle one and one red it's a creature goblin shaman and it's two power two toughness you can pay one sacrifice a creature exile the top card of your library you may play that card this turn you can also note that this uh you can do this on your opponent's turn as well and you may play that card obeying timing restrictions i believe oh the tech from cooper thank you and to the interlude do you love the idea of fate, but deeply dislike horoscopes, star charts, the zodiac, fortune tellers, palm reading, wish burning, manifestation, and reading bones? Introducing a weird little man who's not really a man at all. He'll burn stuff in a cave with a bunch of his friends, tell you which of your former housemates is secretly plotting revenge, and call you Larry for no reason at all, unless your name is Larry, in which case, he'll call you a moron. Now that's a cult we can all get into, but we can't get out of it. Get budgeted, budgeted, budgeted! Wait, where, where, where am I? Oh, you're back! Oh I'm my god, back. James, you're back! Yeah, that was bizarre. I, <laughs> like, disappeared, and then I was told about, uh, like, the Goblin Dark Dweller, and oh. then I heard that car salesman riff for a while, and now I'm back. Okay. That was a bizarre interlude. <laughs> the car salesman's powers grow by the minute, it seems. Yeah, that click really sent me into a different... I have no idea where I went, but I'm, I'm back now. Uh, back where we can see you, which is good, and hear you, most importantly. Um, <laughs> if you want to check out these weird posts as I write them, I do release them regularly on our Discord and the Thrifty Thursdays channel, and you can see me bring some of these to life uh, as strange little monologues and dialogues and such on TikTok at G underscore Commander Community, so chuck us a follow on there to see them as they come out? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm really curious. Um, while I was in the abyss oh, somewhere... Could you, could you hear it all? Um, well, I mean, I heard bits and bobs. It was like, you know, a faint voices coming through the okay, darkness. But okay. um, how did you chat with Stubbsy go? It went well. I, I feel like I've kind of... I'm understanding a bit more about where he was at and how that resulted in him dropping magic. Um, I think I want to... I want to talk a little bit about 
where we're at because I, mm. I know for a fact that um that that you've been struggling a little bit with burnout and you've just recently moment. taken some decisions to combat your own burnout yeah I I'm kind of feeling like I've sort of starting to move out of the burnout zone mm-hmm. <laughs> if there's a zone that's kind of maybe there's a chart that's like you know your overall enjoyment of magic I feel like I'm trending upwards and I it's definitely good. was in a spot where I was a bit lower yeah um, I know you're kind of in the in the pit right now. Yeah, I think I think pit is a pretty like harsh word to use, sure. but I, I think I am in that zone where I feel like magic is and and all and this is all forms of magic. Right. I feel like it's become challenging for me to enjoy right. because I'm so strung up in the deck building process or the teaching someone how to play or like right. I'm, I'm almost too focused on whatever aspect it might be. Sure. Um, and I've experienced burnout in lots of different forms before. I actually have on the back of my arm, if you've seen... I do know, the, yeah. the candle burning on both ends. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I got that tattoo specifically because I am the type of person that when I get hold of something, specifically something I enjoy, I will burn the candle at both ends. <laughs> yeah. I will I will drive into it at full force to get everything I can out of it. Sure. And I think I've hit the point with magic in total. Like, you know, it's all formats, you know, the, the committee work that we do. I've just gotten to a point where I go, okay, well, maybe I need to take a break and take a step back to really, really assess and have a full look at the full picture of what is in front of me and how lucky I am to have it. Sure. And even just thinking about doing this process, yeah. it's make, it made me go, oh, this is actually something I do want to fall in love with yeah. and I do want to maintain. So yeah. hearing Stubbsy's story and, you know, kind of understanding that there were points where there were some maybe red flags or mm. some road signs to tell Cooper to think about how he approaches magic. I'm really glad that I'm seeing them yeah. because I don't want to fall out of love with this game. Sure. Yeah. Well, I've, I've had a bit of a thing because, like I said, I feel like I'm sort of, yeah, moving a little, moving, trending upwards, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with what you said. It, it, it's it's when it starts to feel like a bit of a chore. Um, and, I mean, look, like one thing, it's it's a bit hard to convey to, to all of you out there um, that the podcast is quite a lot of work. Obviously, like... To be honest, when we sit down and record, we, we're having a blast here. It is great fun. Like, right now, it's great fun. It's yes. just talking to my best mate yeah. about a game that I like to play. Yeah. That's what we get to do week to week. But, yeah, behind the scenes... There's a lot of time and effort that goes into it. And, and even, like, the day that we record, I know, you know, sometimes our episodes go for, like, two hours. If it's two hours of audio content, we've probably been in the same... Like, we've been in, in the, the zone of recording for, like, three to four hours, at least. Yeah, probably pushing four to five. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's a lot more time than the whatever the running time is. Let alone the research that we do for each episode yeah. beforehand. Yep. We make sure that the writing process is quite extensive, especially yep. when we uh, sometimes we'll write episodes individually, but sometimes mm. we'll go about it where we collaborate on an episode. Yeah, which also requires like scheduling time where we can both be in the same room or exactly. virtually in the same room. Um, yeah, like basically it, for every hour of podcast or maybe just like for a podcast episode in general, I would say it's at least six hours of work. Mm. By the time you do recording all that stuff and that adds up over a week. It like, does, yeah. You know, for you out there, think about how many hours you spend actually playing Magic in a week. And I reckon it's probably a similar number. 
So think about the fact that we spend probably a, roughly about as much time making the podcast collectively, me and yep, James, yep. as we probably roughly spend playing the game. So like, it's quite a large commitment when you, when you add those two things together yeah. uh, in terms of time and effort and just like thinking about it a lot. You and, know? and don't get us wrong. We absolutely love doing this. And there's a reason why you're getting an episode a week. It's because we're addicted to it at yeah, this point. Yeah, we love it. But on top of this, Walt and I actually were two of the founding members of the non-for-profit group that we actually built mm. around the commander community, yeah. uh, specifically in Greensboro, but now we're very far spread across Victoria and have members from, surprisingly, some different countries, which yeah. is very exciting. We've um, There's a reason every podcast episode starts with brought to you by the Greensboro commander community is because that's where it started, basically. Yep. Uh, me and James were, were part of that founding group. Um, I actually recently stepped down from being a, a community member in that community group, um, partly because of this, basically. Yeah. I, I was feeling that the, the, there was actually, at that time, I felt there was more time for me um, involved in these obligations. And that's the key word I want to use, and I'll, I'll come back to it in a bit, is these obligations mm, around magic versus yeah. the actual time I was spending playing the game and engaging with the game and being with other people. Like, that became a quite a small chunk of it. Yeah. And that's how I knew it was kind of getting to a bad balance for me. Well, I mean, for, for me, like, I'm I'm the president of this um, Greensboro Commander community. And, yep. and being the president requires a very big passion and it has to be an external passion mm. so i am constantly week to week showing how much of an internal passion i have for the game yeah on my face i'm wearing it i'm playing with new players which i love doing i'm teaching people how to play magic i'm mm. talking and promoting about the events that we're running i'm sure. talking about the content we're producing spruiking this podcast spruiking thrifty thursdays whatever yep. the community is doing i want to share that with our community because again it's a non-for-profit mm. the whole point of it is for the community yeah and i've just gotten to a point now where i'm like right i've been doing this project for two years now yeah and my life for two years has basically been about magic and i'm not sure mm. if you remember i actually had a visa sorted ready to go to canada you did um, I, remember. I had a i had a whole plan to go to canada and do a snow season over there for about five months yeah and i actually decided not to for a lot of reasons, uh, one of them was a, a like, like an actual paid job thing. One yep. of them was for my partner, but one of them was the community and this mm. podcast. And I thought that no, I really want to put a focus here. So like, I have sacrificed some stuff for mm. the game of Magic: The Gathering and for Commander. Sure. And I love it. I love every bit of it. But that candle is burnt pretty low right now. Yeah. And I want, again, I want to say it on the podcast for all of our community and my playgroup and my friends that I'm playing with that listen to this podcast. It's not that I'm not having fun. It's not that I'm hating Commander. It's not that I even dislike hanging out with you guys. I love that. It's about the fact that I have ran out of fuel in the tank to give specifically for this. Mm. So all I'm saying is I'm going to take a little bit of a step back from the committee for a while, maybe some from Commander Knights for a bit. Sure. I'll still record the podcast because yep. I get to hang out with you. That's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I need to refill the tank. So when I come back, I might have a new deck. I might have <laughs> some new outlooks on how to play Commander. Sure. might take out a couple of counter spells. Who yep. knows? Might be a new James. Maybe green-white will be my colours. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Well, in that spirit of trying to improve on this... Thank you for sharing that, by the way. Like, it's worth mentioning that it is it is hard work mm. sometimes. Even just playing Magic can feel like hard work. Um, I do want to come back to that word obligation that I used before. Sure. Um, look, the game of Magic is a game. 
right? Yes, like any video game or board game. Yeah, we, we play it for fun. Yes. Like, that's the primary purpose for the game's existence. There is competitive aspects of magic. There is, yeah, like in our case, community and um, content-based ways of engaging with the game. But the game itself is still a game where there is a winner and a loser. But ultimately, we're trying to have fun Almost all the time. I think, like, probably 90% of the time we'd like to be having fun when we're playing Magic, right? I think even when you're, like, you know, putting in the hard work of going through spoiler season and finding out what cards, you know, really digging into the nuts and bolts of your decks and, you know, going on Moxfield and looking at the curve and Mm. reassessing, even when you're in the pits of doing the really hard work, there should be enjoyment there. Yes. There should be. There should be. There should be. Um, I wanted to sort of ask a bit of a, like, a bit of a question here, because... I found it interesting when I was talking to Cooper, a lot of the things that he said that he was getting sick of magic about were not anything to do... Well, they were quite removed from the game itself. Like, at no point did he say, I got sick of all the counter spells. Or I, I got sick of pieces. yeah, or I I got sick of decks playing this way. I didn't hear any of that from him. Right. Almost everything I heard was really when when you break it down to it that they were all extra factors, things that are around the game of Magic but are not integrated directly with the game of Magic. Yeah, right. I actually weirdly I want to sidestep a bit of for a story. I remember when I was getting into skateboarding a mm. really long time ago, you said to me cuz you were like one of my skateboarding senseis at the time, <laughs> teaching sure. me how to properly do a heel flip and yep. all that kind of stuff. I remember you saying that like skating when you were growing up, it was less about the skateboarding and more about the whole lifestyle of skating. Mm. Like, after school, you went to the skate park with your friends and you'd talk about, you know, what kind of bearings are you using at the moment or, like, what what aspect of the trick are you having trouble with Mm. or something like that. So the actual skating bit, you know, feet on the board and pushing the wood and actually doing the jumps is, like, a minimal bit of it. Mm. But the the culture around it is so much more and there's so much more of skating to engage with. Mm. Just like in Magic. Playing the game is actually, these days... A very small portion of it. Yeah. There's online content, there's spoiler season, there's drop after drop after drop of secret layers. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I'm totally with you. I I think the question that I I was wanting to, to think about was, what do you think is the minimum amount of time you could engage with the game of Magic and still be considered to be actively playing the game? So, so engaging with magic in general. Engaging like, with, yeah, the game Magic the Gathering. Playing it. Yes. Well, like, everything. Okay. How much time, in a, let's say in a week, right? Because if you're playing yeah. weekly, you'd be considered actively playing the game. I think. Yeah, so I reckon, like, yeah, once a week would yeah. be that, like, if you're doing something Magic the Gathering related, whether it's, like, actively engaging in Discord conversations or playing the game at a game store once yeah. a week... Or watching a weekly gameplay content YouTube channel. That's engaging with it once a week. I yeah. think I think that's a pretty, like, even... Like, we have weekly commander nights. Yeah, and most, most stores have yeah. these weekly sort of things that they... Schedules that they work to. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, it's interesting because I agree with you. I think, yeah, about once a week is, is about right. But a lot of the things that we look at when we look at, like, what a week of engaging with magic might be are kind of extra to the actual act of engaging with the game magic. Like, I sort of want to imagine a scenario where, let's say your weekly commander night is on a Tuesday, like ours is. Yep. You arrive at commander. Mm-hmm. You play commander until the store closes or until commander night like finishes. four or five hours. You go home. Yep. You do nothing else magic related until next Tuesday. 
and then you come back in and do the same thing again. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had a week like that. No, neither have I. <laughs> I but, but it's kind of an interesting thought exercise. Like, yeah. if you were to, to imagine that person, let's call him, like, Fred, uh-huh. right? And Fred's in the room, and Fred says to you, like, oh, do, do you think I'm a real magic player? Yeah. Absolutely, Fred's a real you magic player. You play magic once a week. Of yeah. course you're a real magic player. Right? So you don't need to do all those extra bits. That's exactly it. And so okay. what I'm trying to I get at is... I see where you're going yeah. now. I get it. Right. The, a lot of the things that we think are integral to the game of magic are actually additional. It doesn't mean you can't do them and you shouldn't do mm. them or anything like that, but it means that they're not integral to being a magic player. Correct. Right? And, and I think to, to take it one step further, it doesn't mean you're less of a magic player if you don't engage with spoilers yeah. if you don't engage with the deck building as much or anything like that it's, yeah yeah it everyone i think it's yeah it's this same like to go back to the skating metaphor mm-hmm. it's if you skate once a week but never think about the bearings you're using yeah you're still a skater absolutely you are yeah yeah so i, I kind of want to run through and this is kind of my proposed cure for bur- for burnout right dr walter <laughs> dr walter is in the building everybody Pre- uh, prescribing my suggested uh, ailments and uh, yeah anyway um, <laughs> it's, it's, my suggested cure is basically a list of things that i think are um extraneous to right. magic right they they can be part of it and if you want them to be part of it go ahead but you don't have to sure and that's kind of where i want to emphasize here so the first one that comes to mind you don't have to play with people who you don't want to play with. I think a lot of us get caught in this kind of cycle, right? Of like, you know, I go to the game store every Tuesday and there's these couple of people, like, you you don't have to hate them, but you're just kind of like, oh, I'd sort of rather play with those two over there. But every time you come in on a Tuesday night, you end up playing with those people again. Yeah. You feel this almost obligation to play with Uh, certain people. that word again. Obligation, right. So you don't have to do that, right? No, you're so so right. you, You can just... You could have a play group. You don't even have to really play uh, Commander in a game store. Lots of people play just in a, a regular play group. Even if your play group is not a mm. play group that you're super happy with, there are so many ways to find your magic community online. There's our Discord our server. Our Discord, yeah, for example, <laughs> is a great place to start. Yeah, but there's, you know, weekly Commander nights at loads of different stores. Yeah. There's Spell Table. There's loads of ways to form your own play group that play the way you want to play. Um, you don't have to feel obligated to play with certain people. I am so glad you said this, and I wasn't really prepared for this, because, you know, I, I said when I was giving some context to my burnout, it was around the fact that I spend a lot of my time playing with these new members of our community and yep. introducing them to the game of Commander, firstly, but also, like, the culture of our community and showing them how we run Rule Zero, showing them what kind of decks we have, what kind of content we run, what mm. services on Facebook and Discord and the, the events that we have coming up. Yeah. I constantly feel like I might be playing with these people out of obligation to not even, you know, the, the game Commander on my own schedule, but for, for our community and the, mm. the non-for-profit that we run, I have an obligation there. And of course, yes, I love that, ha- being able to do that and bringing people in. Mm. But I do think reminding myself that I don't have to sit down and teach four new players every single week. No, it's not, I can, it's not mandatory. No, it's not mandatory. And I think I've done a lot of good work when I, when I do sit down with new players. Mm. And I love seeing them come in week after week getting better and oh that's great to watch i love it when someone comes up to me that i remember teaching and being like oh have you thought of this card in your deck mm. and it's like the sensei is being taught a lesson <laughs> the padawan has become the master um i i love that feeling because it's like oh my god now you get to go and pass that on to mm. someone else you get to teach someone yeah but i think yeah like i um 
kind of thought about this when I decided to take a little bit of a break from the committee work that I do. And I thought, you know what? I haven't actually sat at a kitchen table, like mm. an actual kitchen table yeah. with my friends to play Commander in a long time. Mm. So I think I would, yeah, love to have you over to my place soon yeah. to play some proper old school sharehouse day magic. It's how we got started. Yeah. And it's, it's what a lot of people end up coming back to for sure. Um, the next one I'd like to, to put out there, uh, this is for those terminally online people like myself. Yeah. You don't have to engage with Magic the Gathering on Twitter and Reddit and Discord and Facebook. And I'm going to make a specific shout out. You don't have to engage with spoiler season. You can skip it. Yeah. You can wait for the set to come out. You don't have to be on there reading every card, keeping up to date. It's not mandatory. It's not an essential part of the game. Yeah, there's something I realised about the spoiler season stuff. And I, Cooper spoke about it earlier, about how the fact that, like, yeah, Phyrexia Orby 1 was released, like, three, four weeks ago. Yeah, and we're and already we, getting spoilers. Already. But also, like, we have had how many legendary creatures spoiled just recently? We had Mulvani mm. and Yarlok. Yorlok? No. Um, oh, our Multani with- and... Um- Yargle. Yargle. Yargle and Eighteen six wild so stuff. Funny, yep. And then we also had like Talia and the Gitrog monster. Yeah. Um, Galter and the, the vampire. The vampire dude. Yeah, yeah. You can tell that all these cards that have been spoiled are to make us commander players get super hyped. For yeah, I got set. super hyped. I am definitely building the Galter. Oh no, I'm putting Galter in my Gishath deck. Yeah. For sure. That it's is wild. Multiple Galters in there. Yeah. yeah sweet. <laughs> multiple like, Galters. That actually rhymes. Weird, weird assassination there. Um, <laughs> but I, I saw these spoilers, and I do remember the second it went live, that I think it was Magic Philadelphia that they were spoiled. Oh, up. yeah, yeah. Um, That's a, I think it just finished. It was like a yeah. GP and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I remember that seeing our group chats and our Discord, and even my Instagram blowing up with all these spoilers and stuff. Yep. And I felt like, oh my god, I'm going to fall behind in my knowledge of this game yeah. if I don't read these cards and read the comments of these cards mm. and formulate my own opinion on these cards because like some people are like you know hating on a certain card or loving a certain card and there's like a polarized dichotomy of are you for it or against it Mm. and i feel like i'm losing my credibility as a commander player as a magic Uh, player if i don't keep up with it but you're actually so right. Firstly, these cards don't exist yet. No. So it doesn't actually matter no. that they're spoiled. <laughs> Absolutely. You can wait. I mean, like, I would also love to travel back in time to when, like, the internet wasn't as strong as it is now. Mm. When magic was played and you would find out what cards did when you opened them at pre-release. Yeah. How cool would that be? That would be cool. I, I think... <sighs> I think I have a recollection that maybe back in the day there was like newsletters and stuff. And so there was still some like amount a magazine. of yeah, yeah, like you had to buy the magazine to see the new cards, but it was certainly not to the extent that we have it now where, you know, you weren't, you weren't carrying a live magazine in your pocket all day. That like, would notify, like yes, tap that would you on the you, wrist. Yeah, yeah. Every time yeah. a new card was announced. Yes. It's definitely a new world. Um, but yeah, you don't have to, right? Like yeah. you, you don't have to even play new cards. We, we play an eternal format commander. Um, and this actually kind of leads me into the the next one, which I want to be brief on because I actually have a little bit of a future episode planned around this, which is you don't need to buy more cards. Sure. Shocking to a lot of Magic players out there, I'm sure. It's wild because my wallet is burning a hole in my pocket (laughs) if I do not spend on Magic the Gathering at least once a week. I know, right? But, but like... 
well, specifically Commander, is an eternal yeah. format. Um, we covered the ban list in extensive detail. And we said, like, how, yeah, the cards that have been put on it recently are, like, few and far between. There's Very like few and far between. three or four in the time that we've been playing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they were, like, months apart, each of them. It's not like yeah. there was a sudden, you know, if you have your 100-card deck, it's not like you've ever... There's really been a time in Commander's history where it's like, oh, crap, five of my best cards just got banned. Yeah. Like, that doesn't happen. Happened, no. Um, partly because of the Singleton thing, I suppose, as well. But, but like, there is nothing inherently stopping you from just leaving your decks as they are. Like, if, mm. if you leave your deck exactly as it is, yes, there's an argument to be made that if you're trying to make a really, really strong deck, eventually, like, better versions of each effect will be printed. Yeah. yeah. But most of us are not playing CDH. Most of us are playing Casual Commander, and... You'd be shocked how long, I think, cards stay relevant for. We always argue, like, oh, there's newer, better versions of every card. And it's like, yeah, but it's a singleton format. Yeah. There's a hundred cards in your deck. You're not falling behind if you don't make a, a swap in six months. Yeah, well, I mean, we got a bit of a teaser. I think I heard from Cooper being like, maybe I'll start playing Commander again yeah. and test the waters. He's got, like, 20 decks in boxes ready to go mm. that he hasn't edited in a year or more. Yeah. So... I'm a. I'm confidently going to say that he will win games with those. Decks, absolutely, he even will. if he hasn't upgraded. Yeah, them. no, d- absolutely right, absolutely right. And I think when we were talking to Cooper, well, I was talking to Cooper. You were wherever you were. <laughs> I I don't know where I was. I refuse to let you click on I'm, this podcast again. I'm sorry to remind you of that terrible time it in was, your life. I just heard voices of Stubbs <laughs> and Walt chatting about. Set releases and and content. It was it was overwhelming. Anyway, one of the things that Cooper said when you were in your place was that he felt this obligation to see the new cards as they came out. Yeah. Right, I've got to, I've got to see the spoilers. I've got to read all the cards when they're printed. I've got to buy the new cards to put in my decks. Yeah, I I think it's a little bit of flawed logic there. Like I, I think sometimes it feels like you must keep up and mm. certainly if you have some desire to you know always be swapping your decks which is totally a, a, a reasonable way to play the game you can do it but you don't need to if you're having fun doing it then by all means keep doing yeah. it yeah like if you love like one of our um listeners fletcher has like is obsessed with building decks i think he said he has like 60 decks or something i have no idea i'm I actually thought we had a problem <laughs> i know i was well fletcher's now at the point where he told me that he's like struggling to get the time to build a new deck because he's like trying to just pump them out he's yeah. now created he's a very smart cookie <laughs> he's created an ai that can build a deck for him i know it's you're talking about wild. The other day. yeah and then orders the cards for him but Crazy. like fletcher clearly loves this aspect of the game mm. where he's dedicated to building or using software i don't know i i don't quote me on this fletcher <laughs> i'm sorry if i'm getting this wrong but like building an ai that can build decks like that alone must take some effort and time absolutely to, to make that software mm. he's got to love that aspect of it to do that yeah so like for other people they go oh i hate building decks so instead of building it and dedicating yourself to what fletcher's done what maybe you go buy a pre-con watch a YouTube video, buy the 10 cards that you need to upgrade it, Mm. and do that. And then you're done. Yeah. Or, you know, like we've advocated a few times before, you can disassemble decks. Yes. If you look in your deck, your box of decks... Um, that in Fletcher's case is a shelf, an entire bookshelf. Um, With reinforced steel, (laughs) 90 degree brackets. (laughs) If you look in that box and you can't pick a deck to play and you feel this anguish over trying to decide which deck, you can disassemble them. Mm. And actually, uh, as we 
advocated for way back in episode nine. You should disassemble some of those. Yes. Decks. An episode that is constantly revisited yes. by us. Yes. Um, okay. Well, okay. So buying more cards is a big, big part of yes. like the extra stuff that commander players feel obligated to do. The product overload, that kind of thing. Yeah. And if you stop doing that, I think that's going to be a big reduction on what you're going to be engaging with in Magic. Sure, you and, can the, just and the burnout playing... that comes from that. Yeah, 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 but you can keep playing Commander. But I actually think I want to add my own kind of flaw on this like level is the amount of formats that Magic the Gathering has mm. is pretty overwhelming. It is. And I'm curious to know, do you think if you're engaging with Standard, with Draft, with Commander... With Modern, with mm. Pauper, with Australian Highlander, <laughs> whatever it might be. Do you think that is another contributing factor that you're just having to keep up with the meta of Standard? Yeah. Alongside the new cards that could make Commander better or the meta of Pauper. Mm. And again, some of these Pauper cards can even make Commander better. Yeah. It's so much stuff. It is so much stuff. I, I, I think I would definitely add to that list. Like, you don't have to play more than one format. A lot of people cool. find the one format that they want to play. And, and yeah, you can just stick in that niche. And I do think that feeling that, again, obligation mm. to keep up with the meta in standard and the, st the meta in modern and the meta in pioneer now, like feeling that obligation is going to increase your burnout, I think, because um, the amount of time that you are now having to invest in, again, these parts of the game that are not playing the game of magic is so high yeah. across a week, across a month. It's going to add up a lot. Well, like, um, the two formats we play really consistently is Commander and Pauper. Yeah. We love those two as, like, our main formats. And even then, it's it's a struggle keeping yeah. up with both Commander and format and, and, and Pauper. And keep in mind, Commander is not a competitive format. There's no. no meta we have to keep up with. We're just trying to, like, get new cards that are cool. Yeah, and I think with, like, Pauper as well, like, yeah, we're trying to upgrade our decks and stuff. And there's... Because it is competitive, every... I think we play on Sundays. Yeah. So every Sunday, we want to be going to the store to compete, to test our decks mm. and stuff like that. But again, we don't have to do that. No. We can just enjoy... And this is the thing that I think that by removing other formats of Magic can actually make Commander... Because Stubbsy even said it, that he used Commander as a way to kind of relax and mm. decompress, right? And then it wasn't filling that niche for him. And then yeah. it wasn't filling that niche. And then he said, okay, well, if it's not filling that, maybe I'll go to other formats. And I think he even said something along the lines of that was a bit of a mistake because mm. he felt like the other formats were even more competitive and more... In, like more required of you to keep up with because yeah. the format changes so rapidly. Definitely. Maybe Commander is our good decompression format. May yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I think it's it's interesting when he was outlining, like he, to us, was an avid Commander player. And when he was talking about the formats of Magic he was playing, Commander was like the sixth one he said. Yeah. Like there were like five other formats he was actively keeping up with and playing and yeah. competing in. And then he was playing Commander as well. Yeah, and he was playing Infect in all of them. <laughs> <laughs> he loves it. He absolutely loves it. Um, the, the last one I want to propose here is a little bit contentious, but I think it would help a lot with specifically Cooper. When I was talking to Cooper, I really kept on thinking about this. It goes against the grain of this podcast, and it goes against the grain of what Wizards of the Coast have been kind of pushing for so long. You don't have to play Commander. <gasps> Walter. I'm so sorry to be the one who has to be the bearer of this news. But, you know, yes, it's the most popular format of Magic. We obviously love it. We're yes. not going to drop Commander anytime soon. We think it's amazing. We love the way that it plays out. But 
I think there are a lot of people these days who, especially with competitive formats, feeling a bit stale or mm. feeling like they're closing down a bit. You know, standard is kind of almost exclusively played online. Yep. This kind of thing are increasingly being sort of just railroaded by Wizards of the Coast into Commander. They're sort of pushing it yeah. so hard. If you want to play Paper Magic in a game store, you go to the Commander night. Yeah. Because that's like, in like yeah, in most of the game stores that I go to nowadays, the most popular night for Magic the Gathering is Commander Night. Yeah. It easily gets, like, just at our Greensboro store, we easily get 70 to 80 people yeah. crammed in the store. Like, we have to get trestle tables out and push bookshelves out of the way for mm. the, the Warhammer stuff to be moved aside. Yeah. So we can get people in. It's huge. And uh, we actually know now, um, from Wizards of the Coast, as of about three years ago, that Commander, for some time now, has been the most popular way to play Magic. Yeah. Um, I don't know how exactly know they know that, but I believe it. I, I agree I with you. Too. The, the, the Commander Knights that, at the stores that we go to are are basically jam-packed but look it's a very particular kind of way of playing magic it's actually really really different to playing unique it's very unique it's very different to playing 60 card magic Mm. it's very different to playing four of a kind magic very different to 1v1 magic it's really its own way of engaging with the game and again we love it but you don't have to engage with magic in the form of Commander, yeah. you can play. Like you listed a few earlier, there's Alchemy now online. You can play Draft and Sealed. You can play Pioneer. You Pioneer can play... is getting really big in Australia. It is. It's there's picking up a lot. The Good Games um, franchise run like a super series that's very popular. Yeah. Very popular. They're pushing it sort of a bit higher than modern these days. Mm. But in Australia, we have Australian Highlander, which you yep. referred to before. Um, Explorer, Brawl, Tiny Leaders, Pauper, EDH. There are so many formats yep. of Magic out there. And a lot of them have very active communities of people who yeah, are engaged in them, sure. especially when you're playing online. Um, yeah, you don't have to play Commander. Look, we, we hope you do, because we love it, and we'd love to play you in it, but you don't have to. And I'm assuming you're listening because you're also a Commander player, yeah. but I do want to say, like, if you're having this maybe fatigue with the, the most unique aspect of Commander, which is the social aspect of Commander, yes. and I think that's a bit that I've heard, even from our community, that some people are like struggling to have really good rule zero conversations because mm. they're getting a bit of a fatigue around it and struggling to politic with other players because they don't feel like they don't have the language to use yeah. to engage with that yeah i totally get that I, I i hear you i think that maybe a good respite for you if you're a competitive person when it comes to commander go play a competitive format for yeah. a hot minute go play like if, if you're a local listener in melbourne Come and hang out with Walt and I on Sundays at Good Games Greensboro. And we'll play Pauper with you. You yeah. can borrow one of our decks if you like. <laughs> I've got about eight of them at this point. Yeah, I've got three. I've got some pretty... Like, I've got two Is It decks and a mono blacklist. <laughs> Surprise! Surprise. Um, but yeah, like, I think that when I started playing Pauper, I got a really good satisfaction of being able to play against... Play the game of Magic but not have to be social about it. Mm. And it's like, obviously I'm polite and I say hello and good game and all that kind of stuff. But when I sit down against my opponent, I'm like, right, in the zone, play my cards. Do I win? Yes. Awesome. Fantastic. Move on to the next round. Yeah. Thank you for the game. It was great. That's all I needed to do. Mm. If you're burnt out socially, but still want to engage in command in in magic, that's a great way to do it. Another really, really great way to do it. And I've been doing it a lot recently. Arena. I know a lot of people poo-poo arena, (laughs) but if you just want to play out magic cards and try new interesting combos and stuff like that, 
play it on arena you don't have to talk to anybody it's <laughs> wonderful it's a it's a great respite for sure I'm well, currently playing a mono red one drop list on arena he actually great. showed me before it was really sick if you you should post a screen grab of that list for uh, the, sure i'll post it in, chuck it in the discord, discord. Yeah. yeah it's a really cool list well look remember that the, the purpose of magic the gathering is playing magic the gathering everything else is secondary even deck building as a mindfulness exercise, try to remind yourself that you are enormously lucky to be able to play a game with an active and diverse community where you get to talk to people in person, build decks that represent different facets of yourself, and use your problem-solving skills to reason your way through difficult problems. The game is really fun, so it's up to you to find the way of engaging with it that you find most rewarding. There's nothing wrong with stepping away for a while to work it out either. We're all on separate journeys, but we're not alone. Space Commanders, command received. You're really getting into the salute now. Yeah, you've, like you've won me over. I'll like admit it. it. I'll admit it. I just think it appeases them. You know? <laughs> like it just it makes them less scary. If I'm like, yeah, I'm on your side, Space Commanders. <laughs> I, I I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. Well, to the listeners out there, do you feel commanded? Have you ever experienced burnout, and what helped you to get out of it? Yeah, and look, if you want to connect with Walt and I and even share some of your own stories, you can send us an email, you can talk to us on Twitter, but the best way to get in contact with us is, of course, join the Discord, it's linked in the show notes, and you can chat with other members of our community, like Stubbsy, who is actually on that server. Oh, so if you too. want If you want to get in touch with Stubbs, you can message him on that server. Yep. Um, you can talk to other members of our community, and we've even had a couple of posts recently about people feeling a little bit burnt out from Commander. Mm. So I think it's a good time for us all to come together and... And like you said just before, it is, as a mindfulness exercise, we are incredibly lucky to be able to play this game. Yeah. I think uniquely our generation, this, you know, maybe like late teens to, you know, actually the range of commander ages is pretty old, but late teens mm. to maybe mid forties, this, this range of people in this generation, this technological world where we're really busy all the time, it's rare that we get to sit down with each other and even having the access to talk to each other online mm. about something that we have a passion over is awesome. It's good to have excuses to spend time with people, I think. Um, Especially, like we said, most game stores have, like, weekly events. Yep. It's a really good excuse that you know, like, if you have a crazy week at work, at the very least on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night, whatever night you go to Mm. or the day or whatever, you get to just hang out with some people and and chat and play a game. It's awesome. It's really, really cool. Well, also, if you are really encouraged and feeling good about the message that we're setting out with this uh, podcast, please support us. There's a couple of ways you can do this. The first way is leaving us a review uh, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For some reason, Google is a bit weird and doesn't let you review yeah. it. But you can tell your friends about us. Yes, please um, do. And definitely send this to someone that you might feel is being a little bit burnt out by magic at the moment. Yeah. This is definitely an episode with a good message and I want to spread it. Definitely. Uh, and like we said, we do have a Patreon now. Um, if you've got the capability and you'd like to support our podcast, you like what we do, um, every dollar counts. So please, check it out it's linked in the show notes and it's a really really great way it's the best way really to support our content directly and uh, if you do we'll really really appreciate it yeah and there's going to be some really exciting stuff through Patreon so check it out Um, also again quick thanks to Palms Off Gaming that sponsors this podcast they're an awesome local Melbourne company that makes some really cool accessories for trading card games in general boxes card uh, sleeves binders and so much more you can check them out at palmsoffgaming.com.au 
Yes, that's all of the stuff. I thought that was a lot that's of stuff. That's all the magic, yep. all the burnout. We've done all of that. The space commanders are appeased, we hope. Uh, <laughs> it is tradition to planeswalk out of here. Oh, we're going to take a bit of a respite. This is actually the most appropriate time to planeswalk. <laughs> it is. Maybe maybe the planeswalk should go for an hour and ten minutes as well. Uh, yeah, let's do it. All right, <laughs> strap in, everybody. It's my week. We're going to talk about something I want to talk about. <laughs> Uh, what what would you like to talk about in your planeswalk, James? Um, I feel like I might get flack for talking about this one. Sure. Because um, it's like a bit of a fanboy area that I'm like... Okay. I just dip my toes into every now and then. Sure. Call of Duty. Ooh. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, contentious. I see what you're coming from. Yeah, obviously I think the online... I usually mute all the lobbies that I'm in. That's wise. Yeah, um, I think For Call your of own Duty, mental health. Yeah. Uh, in, in the same vein of avoiding burnout, avoid um, your brain imploding by yeah. muting all of your Call of Duty lobbies. Screaming 12-year-olds, calling me words that oh. shouldn't be in a dictionary. No. Um, but no, I've been, um, yeah, like I said, taking a bit of a step back from magic and I found that my free time is fruitful like it's, it's <laughs> opportunistic i have so many things to do and honestly like i found myself a couple of times being like oh what should i do with this free afternoon um i could go on moxfield no i shouldn't do that i could <laughs> i could build it no i shouldn't do that i could watch commit no i shouldn't do all right i'll just plug in i'll get my headset and my controller and sit down at the xbox and boot up like whatever game shooty 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 honestly it's very cathartic i can believe that it's I really cathartic have definitely i was not an avid call of duty player growing up but i played a lot of star wars battlefront oh i love that game as yeah well. that I, the og yeah. star wars battlefront 2 i used to play that was on playstation then, 2 i yes. had four memory cards filled with star wars battlefront wow, 2 yeah. yeah that that game was amazing and then i played both of the newer games that came out so the ea one uh like 2015 or whatever and the 2017 or whatever it they was. were really good but they stopped working on it well they they ended it was so funny that the, star wars battlefront 2 had that really contentious release sorry i'm like ruining your plane no, no <laughs> we're playing talking to star wars now sure. which is not unusual for us um <laughs> they they had a, that super contentious release that basically the pay to win stuff yeah they yeah. basically resulted in all of the new laws we have around loot boxes in video games um really great that that happened but star wars battlefront 2 was the worst that yeah. it got i mean it was the reason that all those yeah. court cases happened pretty explicit yeah. Um, so they basically spent the next like year and a bit walking back all of that stuff so that there was no pay to win elements at all. And it ended up being really good. They added a bunch more stuff. They it added like really good. stacks more characters. They yeah. added like Anakin to the game and like Count Dooku and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, and they also added that my favorite thing they did after very much like a huge community outcry was they added a version, a game mode where you could invade a capital ship. Like... Off oh, the surface. Yeah. Well, actually, you'd play on the surface of a planet, and then, and then in order to win, you'd have to get in their ship and then blow up their yeah. ship. But if they won that section, you'd go back to the planet. They could try and get into your ship. It was yeah. amazing. It went for like forty minutes. It was incredible. It was super, and like the lobbies were like eighty people big. Yeah, it was really massive. huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, anyway, Sorry, Call of Duty. Call of Duty. <laughs> I think in a similar because I played those games as well on Xbox, and it's yeah. a very similar thing. Of like, it's such an escapist place yeah. for me to go to and like definitely i feel like with call of duty like I, i've not played it in like because uh, i'm playing the modern warfare 2 the new one um that's so funny for me to yeah. my brain to wrap my head around because i played the original modern, modern warfare, warfare 2, 2. <laughs> this is the new modern warfare yes, 2 which is so funny the reason yeah. why i jumped back on it is because i saw that season two of the online stuff has just come out so there's oh, a new battle pass so it's and like there's... a season pass kind of thing yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's cool. like a new battle pass and stuff new stuff to unlock new sure. maps um oh. returning maps as well do you remember dome 
Um, it's oh, like the, the really big satellite dish. Yeah, with like the really tight corners and the yes. like. There's like shipment style, like yeah. you know, really fun. That was a really cool map. Really quick, one. run and gun. Yeah. Like you bust out the AK-47U to go yeah. as quickly as possible. For sure, for sure. It's been really fun, and I like I I've just started getting back into it. But my like my Discord is linked to my Xbox as well. So if you see me online playing Modern <laughs> Warfare Two and you want to jump in a lobby, go um, shooty shooty go, with James. Go shooty shooty with me. I'm I'm keen to play some season two. I honestly appreciate that a lot as a way to like it's basically as far from magic as you could go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there is like the problem solving is like. Oh no, Minimal. I have to reload. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's more about, like, the thing that I love about it, it's like the hand-eye coordination aspect mm. of it. Like, I think you experienced this a lot with Rocket League, which was one of your favourite oh, video boy. games. Oh boy, yeah, I played which a is lot all of about, Rocket League. Which is all about, like, how your thumbs and hands and fingers, like, move at just the right time mm. in correspondence with your eyes. And it's like milliseconds, because the technology is so good now. Yeah. There is like milliseconds of delay between mm. you pressing a button and something happening on yeah. screen. There's, I remember I watched a really, really interesting YouTube video that was like, um, why do people play video games? Mm. And it basically broke down, sorry, it's like a huge planeswalk now, but yeah. it, it broke it down into like, I think there were like five categories. And one of them, which I found really interesting, and I realized a lot of the games that I've enjoyed a lot over the course of my life have been this category, is actually flow. And oh, it talks you about do get in that. Games yeah. where you, where the kind of, the enjoyment comes from getting in that groove. The zone, as in athletes the, would yeah, call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, where you kind of feel that like, yeah, all, everything is happening like simultaneously and without effort and mm. you're like absolutely nailing it. Call of Duty is one of those games. I think Call of Duty is one of those yeah. games where if you are doing it right, you, well, in the case of Call of Duty, it's pretty explicit. If you get a kill streak, it's yeah. literally like you have... You've been rewarded for doing the yeah, thing really well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Adding on to this already long plane walk, <laughs> sure. um, I actually saw something uh, like years ago that one of the medical schools in London mm-hmm. actually advised their surgical students to play video games because it increases their dexterity under pressure. So oh. the whole the whole point of having steady hands as a surgeon is very important, right? Yeah, you don't yeah. want to slip and accidentally cut the wrong bloodline. <laughs> kind of important. Yeah, yeah. pretty important. <laughs> I've, you know, I've had a few surgeries in my time. I really like my doctors to be steady-handed. Um, I like to be alive after yeah, the surgery, yeah. But this med school was actually giving students really stressful and dexterous games to play to force them to be calm under the pressure of the video game. Wow. Yeah, pretty cool, right? That's super cool. So anyway, I'm going to be a doctor in a couple of years after I play college. Oh, it's only a matter of time. Oh, lordy. All right, that's uh, that's all we have time that for. That is it now. So- We've <laughs> talked about video games for long enough. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next week. See you, Commander players. Bye.